Hello and welcome to FireDev, a fireside chat with people in the industry. Today I have Vladimir Salin with me. Thank you, Vlad, for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for inviting. No problem at all. So you work at WhatsApp. What do you do at WhatsApp? Yeah, I'm a software engineer at WhatsApp. Um, my kind of main area that I'm looking after is uh, in-app support experiences which is relatively new, I should say. Like, uh, I think if you're kind of using WhatsApp for quite some time, you notice that the product gets a bit more complex. We have more features added. This is especially the case for like some countries around the world where we have more complicated flows and features where users really struggle to understand how to work with, let's say, with payments, with business, like business messaging, business communications. So we um, also kind of considering the diversity of WhatsApp audience around the world, we realized that it's really, really important for us to kind of catch up with the support experiences in the app, not just providing ticket support, but also educate users, um, provide help in more accessible ways in different places and kind of help users um, solve the problem where it began yeah so obviously everyone that's listening to the podcast has heard of whatsapp probably everyone that's listening you know has used it at some point and i know i use it a lot so how does whatsapp handle the immense amount of traffic it has because it is you know an immense amount of traffic it always seems to you know be up and running you know when i use it i've personally never really had i'm trying to think but i don't think i've personally had ever any issues where I've launched the app and the app don't launch or I'm trying to use the end and I'm getting, you know, connection issues. I've had the odd time issues with, you know, Facebook.com and even they being rare to be fair, Facebook's usually pretty good with or Meta's you know now as it's called, good with keeping it up and running. But just talking about WhatsApp, like how like how does he handle all of that? What's his strategy and because it's doing something really well. Yeah, I think that's actually a part of this, you know, secret sauce of the company uh, in a way that uh, I think like in essence, this boils down to like three uh, main ingredients, like simple, private and reliable. Uh, so like keeping things simple lets you focus on what's really important. So I think the core messaging, VoIP, like calling, video calling is really the key part of WhatsApp as it was like as it all started with just private messaging as well. Um as product gets more complicated, again, as I mentioned, uh, this becomes a bit trickier with obviously things becoming feature-rich, being more complicated, have more functionality, more services involved, uh, which kind of uh, makes us double down on like on, on quality and on reliability of that. Um, yeah, and uh, at the same time, like if you had a chance to kind of explore there is like lots of public resources about how how about whatsapp's architecture um, about the erlang about all this you know um kind of jabber style conversation like communication um xmpp protocol and all of that so uh, this is like a really using uh, only using services that you really need uh like making sure you're not sending too much of traffic you're not adding things that are overly complicated, unnecessarily complicated. And yeah, at the same time, uh, having 
the scalable infrastructure which can handle such amount like such immense amount of traffic all around the world having uh cdn having like pretty much leveraging metas infrastructure for that uh this is really uh kind of all together this works really well i guess okay and what would you say is the biggest part of WhatsApp that has the best user retention out of, you know, the voice, the video, and just the core, like, text messaging aspect? Mm. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, like, what we try to, uh, like, I mean, the, the, um, let's be clear, like, 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 these core services, they were, like, all, they were always the, um, kind of the, the main thing that people are kind of used to, like sending messages over WhatsApp, because you know that, let's say here in the UK, WhatsApp is really popular across audience. Like you, you can expect uh, many of your friends or connections having WhatsApp installed. This is why it just becomes natural to reach out someone on WhatsApp and just have a group chat, have a conversation. Now with communities, we can see like people grouping together and having more uh, like, uh, like kind of having discussions around certain areas, like around their school groups, around their like uh, sport clubs and stuff. Um, so this is like, this, this, this is how it all started. This is like what we retain. And I think this is what, this is what we should do. We should continue doing like being like having as the core part of, of the product. Um, of course, like the kind of the competitors here are force us like not just a bit forward with um, kind of more like with users having more expectations about um, kind of video calls, like group video calls, right? So this is this just naturally becomes uh, common sense now that you can just join someone else on the call and have multiple people involved into the conversation. Okay, so how important is compression over at WhatsApp? You know, as it's used in a wide variety of countries which have, you know, a broad spectrum of internet connectivity. So in, compression must be a big deal there. Like, how does he handle it? How important is it over there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is like, this certainly makes much more sense where, uh, we have like really uh, poor coverage of networks or really like uh, kind of some of the older uh, network protocols where we can't really afford streaming 4K video or something like, um, yeah, certainly voice compression, video compression. Uh, I'm not sure I'm able to get into much of details uh, how we uh, like how we um, kind of adjust this on the go on the fly. Uh, but uh, yeah, like, I mean, that, that's certainly uh, that's certainly what we use uh, in like in everywhere like in everywhere we have this as a challenge, and given kind of um, the scale where we operate, where like where users can just like in, in some rural areas, um, users can still rely on WhatsApp, and if you have some sort of internet, you should be able at least to send a message. Of course, if you have like if you want to have a video call, this is more demanding, and we cannot really get down. Uh, get get below the the, the the kind of the certain threshold here. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's like no question. That's the key part. And I guess to all kinds of formats, video images, yeah, yeah. So WhatsApp is you know free. Has there ever been any discussions internally of creating some sort of 
Pro version because I remember when WhatsApp first came out, it was actually paid. I remember when you used to have to actually pay for it on the App Store, and then you know Facebook changed it to free. So, has there ever been any discussion of making some sort of Pro version with some sort of subscription model? Yeah, I guess that was the nice trial where, like, I think it was like one dollar subscription. Or something. It was yes, I think it, like even that that time it was kind of. Yeah, I think it was kind of optional, but yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, there, there is there is certainly uh, like we discussed lots and lots of options uh, to uh, you know how it's called to kind of monetize WhatsApp, right? In a way, but uh, I think one thing is really important to understand that like there is no like if we talk about subscription, there is no one fits all model. Like asking one dollar here in the UK is one thing; asking for like one dollar somewhere uh, in like in other countries might be kind of just nonsense. Like yeah, users are not them. ready to pay. They don't know why they would, they should pay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, and uh, there are certainly other ways uh, to kind of how, how WhatsApp could become potentially profitable and um, bring money to Meta. Uh, like we, uh, like one important part of WhatsApp is, uh, businesses that can um, run their business on WhatsApp, let's say uh, they're super popular in countries like India, like Brazil, uh, Indonesia, where lots of small and medium businesses rely on WhatsApp a lot. That's kind of their only way to run business in the way they might, they may not have like a laptop or even email installed, but they will have their WhatsApp and their little shop where they chat to their customers to like, I don't know, deliver groceries or run like a small bike shop or something uh they like given uh again given like uh high like high user base in those countries you can expect most of your countries having uh, most of your customers having whatsapp installed and that that makes it like super easy for you um just to run the business of course they depend a lot on whatsapp but whatsapp at the same time provides lots of opportunities for their businesses to grow and um, potentially, this is the this is what we see. I, th- I see. The, I think the main uh, source uh, to um, to kind of to, to, to monetize. Um, again, in some countries, we have um, like kind of just to give a bit of context. Like, like we have different parts of Meta, right? We have Instagram, we have Facebook, and in some countries, we have um ads that you can run on instagram and facebook that would bring users into the whatsapp into the conversation on whatsapp um certainly like ad products uh they take they require you paying some money having some budget for advertising on instagram and facebook but having customers if you just think of it right having customers reaching out to you right in the whatsapp chat being uh really keen to explore more of your products, uh, kind of potentially make a deal straight away. Uh, this is the, like, this is really cool given again, how many, how many users uh, have WhatsApp and just you're there, they're just like uh, within a very short reach. Yeah. So there's, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, there's a bunch of different products. There's Facebook, Facebook messenger, there's, you know, there's WhatsApp as well. And has there ever been any internal discussion of, unifying those products and just having either record messenger or whatsapp or making a call whatsapp messenger like because obviously you've got two you know really big messaging platforms both owned by the same 
company and like is there any discussion that maybe one is taking away you know users from the other and let's just have the one um yeah I, yeah that's a great question uh i think there is like different parts of it if we unpack it a little bit so certainly we have like messenger which kind of kind of pretty well integrated into facebook we have also the instagram direct right uh we have whatsapp and uh, there's a couple of things in terms of uh, potential, well, I hate this word, like synergies where we could have, right? Uh, so like unifying those is uh, certainly one of the options, but there is other ways to kind of share some infrastructure, let's say share protocols, share some architecture, uh, sharing some like having sort of interoperability between those. So yeah, we certainly discussed, and I think like in terms of uh, sharing infra and sharing um, kind of the practices and architecture, we progressed a lot. And that's, I think that was one of the benefits of like Facebook, now Meta, uh, acquiring WhatsApp and kind of getting those, uh, this knowledge, this domain knowledge, this understanding how product works, have a chance to kind of share some of the bits. Uh, I haven't heard of anything like, you know, getting rid of Messenger or Insta, Insta, Instagram Direct and leaving just WhatsApp. Uh, that will be quite a um, quite ambitious thing. Um, but yeah, like certainly some, uh, like there is lots of benefits having all of them under the same umbrella and unifying some pieces of where, where it's possible. Yeah. So talking about some of these other platforms, why does WhatsApp require you to use a phone number to verify, not email. Doesn't seem like there's any technical reason why it can't be done via email because you know you've got Facebook that has Facebook Messenger and that obviously you can register with an email. You've got Instagram and like say you got Instagram Direct. You know you can you know create an Instagram account with an email. So why is it just a legacy thing? Because that's what was done back in the day and they just kept it. Or is there an actual reason why? I can't go and create a new WhatsApp account without a different number. Yeah, I think maybe historically, like if you look how WhatsApp was introduced, it was more like a, uh, you know, kind of a free version of uh, SMS, right? You can just install the app and send messages without paying for SMS or like being requiring certain packet of SMS as like text messages deal. And, um, I think this is where it kind of the phone number kind of naturally came up, right? As the way to contact people. Uh, this is what you used to ask for people in those days, uh, back in the days, right? And uh, we're still there. People st uh, still use WhatsApp as the way to message or call people instead of doing uh, kind of call, like general like phone calling, right? Um, certainly the world has changed a little bit uh since then and um yeah like one can ask why would we one would, why would i need like a phone number can i just sign up with email um i think we're not quite there to provide this straight away uh because there is certainly uh given the scale of uh, of the product and the infrastructure there are like lots of pieces that, that depend on the phone number um this is just kind of the uh uh, how it was designed and uh, kind of how it currently operates. And if you think of it, right, uh, like we have uh, like more than like around 8 billion uh, like, uh, 
so the audience of WhatsApp is about like two, two three million uh, of bill, uh, two three billion users, sorry, around the world, right? And uh, not not all of them uh, have uh, email, but all of them have phone numbers, right? Are we ready to kind of move away from phone numbers? What would be the kind of the alternative? Uh, how we deal with things where users just go and register lots of fake emails, right? So there are lots of questions in terms of. Um, privacy and uh, safety and uh, just general availability of this if we get like get rid of phone numbers. Uh, so yeah, like just to sum up, historical reasons, yeah, just the complexity of the current infrastructure and being like dependent on this phone number and also uh, just understanding the larger scale of uh, different, like different users, different audiences that we have our product for. Okay. So what's the single most important aspect of the user experience for WhatsApp? Like the, the, what's that one thing that's super crucial to, to WhatsApp to make sure it keeps getting, you know, the users keep coming back, the users keep, you know, using it. Like what's that single user experience aspect? Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, we usually keep saying we have this like um, simple, reliable and private uh, as our principles. If I would pick just one, I think like if we talk about user experience specifically, I think like um, having a way to communicate with others, that will be the main part, Uh, be it like sending a message, making a call, making a video call or something like sending a push to talk message or something like this, just the way like WhatsApp as the vehicle to communicate to others, WhatsApp like providing this way to communicate to others. Yeah. I think I would choose this one. Okay. Yeah, because for me personally, I would. it's the speed of it, you know, how fast, you know, it works. And like I was saying, it just generally just works because there have been so many, you know, often I'll use Facebook or Facebook Messenger and it'll just not be working properly. There'll just mm-hmm. be, you know, there'll just be something else. And I think... I never have an equivalent issue like that with WhatsApp. So the speed of it, when I press, you know, click the icon and it just, it loads up fast. It's like, you know, Amazon is for retail. It it just loads up fast. There's very little time for me to even reconsider using something else because it it just opens and I'm like, oh, I'm ready to go. Mm. <laughs> so, nice. yeah, what does WhatsApp think about alternatives like Signal and Telegram? Yeah, I mean, uh, let's be clear. I think we like we treat them as obviously as competitors on the market, and we, uh, yeah, like we embrace fair competition. And uh, as the products get uh, bigger and feature rich, we have to kind of deal with this, like acknowledge this, and understand how we can like uh, provide the same level of quality, the same level of feature uh, features for our users, and the same experience. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how does, in your opinion, WhatsApp's security compare to something like Signal? Because Signal is, you know, held up as a shining example of really good, you know, security, and you know, it's had, you know, the thumbs up by people like Edward Snowden. So, how does WhatsApp security compare to that? Do you think? And what's WhatsApp's stance on security? versus the other aspects of WhatsApp in terms of it being fast, it being accessible, etc. Because WhatsApp 
is definitely probably the most user-friendly. You know, having used Telegram and Signal and some other ones as well, but those two as alternatives, it, now I can definitely say that WhatsApp has the best user experience. And you can also tell those other ones have introduced features that make it more like WhatsApp. So there's something that WhatsApp's definitely doing well that they want to replicate. But how do you think the security compares? Yeah, I see. I think, like, personally, uh, if we think of those, like, three apps, right? Uh, so Signal has lots of things on top of, let's say, end-to-end -end encryption. They have, like, additional security features uh, with... Um, I don't know. I don't want to get like into very specific detail of Signal and all of the features, but yeah, they certainly have something on top in terms of like additional privacy, additional security. I think with like with secret groups, like with uh, um, like hiding your number everywhere, like in all of the groups and conversations, communications. Uh, I think WhatsApp hits the kind of the balance, the middle ground with having all necessary capabilities like end-to-end -end encryption, like necessary privacy settings, privacy controls that users might want to have, like being being able to uh, like hide your details in groups, uh, kind of control where you want to be added to the groups, where you want to be, like if you have some uh, kind of risks or threats coming from other users, you can easily report and block them. Um, like disappearing messages, view once messages, uh, these are kind of the most demanded features that users ask for. Um, on Telegram side, I think like there are certainly some concerns around chats not being end-to-end -end encrypted. Of course, we can. I mean, of course, there's like secret chats that you can create if you have if you know what you are doing, right? If you really want to start this uh, conversation prior, like with kind of with security maxed out. Uh, whereas just WhatsApp does this; it just does by default because we know like end-to-end -end encryption is really important. Um, yeah, someone can say like Telegram has some nice and shiny features with like stickers, with like some interactive things, and uh, they do this quite well. And um, if we talk about the balance, I think this is where WhatsApp is. Um, my personal, like, if you ask me, okay, Signal, what about Signal? It has like lots of things on top in terms of security and privacy, right? But uh, I think this is where it becomes maybe too much because um, I don't know, like, Maybe that's not really common in Western countries, but uh, if you're like, if someone like um, looking through a phone, I don't know, maliciously or not, they see Signal app, what they think of you? Like, is it, are you like some, I don't know, some, some hacker, some, uh, some weird guy that's using Signal, you must be using it for reason. Whereas WhatsApp doesn't have this problem. I mean, like more than 2 billion users have WhatsApp installed. What, what, what could be the questions related to that? Whereas, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, th yeah, I think this is how I how I describe this. Uh, certainly, that's just um, my personal <laughs> biased opinion on this. Yeah, I'm always a bit shocked when I come across someone that uses Signal. So, because you know, when uh, you know, similar to WhatsApp, you, you know, you can go in the contacts and see who has Signal, and I'm like, oh that person has signals uh, and, and sometimes i have that even though i use it myself as an alternative to whatsapp it's my 
SMS, you know, application and also the security application that are used with the odd person that I know use it because there's most people that don't want to use it. So obviously I have to use WhatsApp or Messenger or something, you know, with them. But when I do uh, come across someone, I'm like, why does that person have it? Why do they need it? <laughs> like even I like this is someone that's technically minded as me that has it that is you know concerned for security even even i get even i get that feeling it's like how do they know about it like the, 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 yeah yeah sometimes I, you know I, I you know i think like that but i mean it's possible that something's installed on their phone for them because i do like that you can just use it as you know an sms client as well but they're removing that from having to find an alternative to signal which is which is a bit annoying yeah so WhatsApp and Facebook, you know, get a lot of bad press sometimes. How do you feel about that? Do you think it's warranted? How does WhatsApp and let's say Facebook as a whole feel feel about it internally? Yeah, I mean, like personally, I feel this a bit upsetting and maybe unfair that uh, we get so much of bad press. And but maybe that's just something we have to accept as the matter of fact. I mean, like. I personally think of myself, obviously, but that's just, uh, I don't know, some newspapers, some like news agencies looking after, you know, uh, some, um, you know, some clickbait or some like big news where they want just to get more users visiting their newspaper website or something. I don't know. And uh, given the scale of a brand, like everyone knows Meta, Maybe not everyone knows Meta, but everyone heard of Facebook or WhatsApp, right? And this is why when, when you have like big names like this in the title and you have something about this, this just naturally attracts people. Maybe this is why like so many newspapers look after this. Uh, I don't think this is fair. I mean, the the way uh, the way uh, like Wall Street Journal, let's say, describes uh, certain events is 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 hundred percent fair and unbiased, but. I mean, come on, it's really hard to expect newspapers to be unbiased and fair, right, nowadays. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's so much about clickbait, getting, you know, people hooked to it, and, you know, what's better than, you know, negative press, that's what gets people riled up, it's what gets people clicking, and, you know, obviously, as a result, looking at ads which pay for, you know, the ad dollars for yeah. these you know, company. So yeah, it, that is a big issue with these, you know, media outlets. And on top of that, because you've got Facebook that maybe some of the things were, you know, fair that they said at one point, but because it's become that company to, that's, you know, it's easy to vilify them and everyone just takes it, you know, accepts it. it it's just an easy way to just, you know, say something and, you know, do it again and again, because nobody really says anything. Whereas there's probably certain companies out there that if you say, say about the people will be like, why are you saying about that company? Even if it's fair, just because that company has a different, you know, connotation and a different, you know, it's respected and, you know, seen as different compared to, you know, Facebook, you know, as a result. Because I remember when Facebook bought Oculus uh, almost about 10 years ago now, I remember a lot of friends of mine, they hated that Facebook, you know, bought it. I remember asking them, they didn't really have a, like a good enough reason. And I remember thinking, 
as long as they don't shelve it, like I know Facebook does do with some products that they buy, as long as they don't shelve it, and I, and I didn't feel like they would shelve something that unique. They wouldn't buy just a shelf. It seemed like they were actually going to do something with it. And yeah, they have, you know, they release Rift, they release, you know, the Quest headsets, the cheaper ones. And I don't think they would have been able to do everything that they've done with the Quest headset, especially the cheaper ones, without the immense resources that Facebook has put behind them. And, you know, being able to develop that app store, there's probably, you know, elements of them having the you know the application and the games that they had on Facebook, bringing the, those expertise on there, the, commu- the communication aspects, the messaging, you know, all that sort of stuff they they've brought over, and I'm sure they've brought expertise over to WhatsApp that has made it go from whatever user base it had before what's Facebook to the user base it has now, and how stable it is to use. You know, like you were saying, Meta's infrastructure as well, because they have their own server system that they created before the likes of AWS and Google Cloud were a thing. So they have, you know, they have a solid structure and foundation to build off. Yeah, absolutely. So how many employees does WhatsApp have and how many of those are developers, would you say? Wow. <laughs> I might not have enough, like exact numbers, but... Um... I think like the two larger sites we have, like the engineering sites is uh, certainly uh, MPK, Miller Park, California, and um, London side. So we have lots of engineers here. I think like hundreds of engineers in both sides. Um, Like the London office in particular, we have like also satellite remote offices around uh, Europe. That's where we closely collaborate. yeah, like hundreds of engineers and um, yeah, I think it does answer your question. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, because it feels like they've, you know, it's a much smaller scale to, you know, Facebook and all the things they're doing and even Oculus. But obviously, and I feel like obviously a big part of what's that will be developers because ultimately there's, yeah, you know, they're going to have, you know, user experience, user you know, UI designers, etc. But I think the focus is obviously on the coding, is on the tech, and making sure that's as solid as possible, making sure that's working as well as possible as well. Yeah, for sure. I think, like, uh, WhatsApp still preserves this kind of, I would say, quite unique trait if we look at the kind of ratio of developers compared to the <laughs> users that that we serve. So I think this this still stays quite quite unique to WhatsApp. Okay, so is there any crossover between WhatsApp and other Meta products with, you know, the employees and teams? Um, Yeah, I mean, we have collaboration around different areas. Um, In terms of, like, support, we have, like, we explore some ways to kind of to collaborate to... Um, share again, share some infra, share some platforms, uh, ways of working. Um, there is like massive collaboration in terms of privacy because uh, I guess as many um, as many of our audience aware, we have like certain privacy complications associated with uh, meta, like more leg- like different like governments and 
kind of regula regulators are kind of uh, looking at Meta and WhatsApp specifically, how inter how we share users' data, whether we share this or not. Uh, do we really? Is it really the thing that we don't share WhatsApp user data with Meta and uh, like doing like running some audits, like doing like some like investigations and you know trying to find the ways where we um, where we actually do this or not, and you know just trying to figure this out. Um, so in terms of privacy, we sh like we also collaborate closely, but uh, this is just to make sure we do things right and we uh, comply with what we say publicly, uh, with our public statements. And uh, when these like audits and everything come into place, we uh, we do so effectively. And uh, because if you imagine like doing a privacy audit at the meta scale, it's it's a huge thing. And this is where, like, this is this wouldn't be just possible without, like, without collaborating on this. So I think, yeah, privacy is another big thing where we um, share lots of things in terms okay. of ways of working. Is your re role remote? Um, it's not strictly remote. I would say um, it's more like a hybrid. So I come to the office uh, like a couple, of, like a few times a week. Uh, it just depends week by week. Um, we have actually remote capabilities, so some of our folks work like hundred percent remote, and seems like they're enjoying it. No, that's good stuff. And what's WhatsApp's and I guess Facebook's overall stance on remote working? Because I know a lot of other companies, you know, they did it. I mean, they weren't that for it before Corona. Then during Corona, they had to do it to you know survive and you know keep you know working. And then afterwards, they had it for a while, but they the some companies are wanting people to come back into the office, even though people have seen that they can work from home. They enjoying you know the aspect you know removing let's say one one and a half one one and a half hour commute in the morning, then the evening that's like two three hour of commute gone, not having to get ready. It's probably another hour gone. And, you know, probably being able to, you know, cook at home as well. So there's definitely a huge, you know, set of benefits for working at home. So how is WhatsApp stance on that? Yeah, I think like WhatsApp and Meta in general, I think the fair way would be to describe this, like we embrace it. And it's not just we try to preserve what we like, what we uh what employees had during Corona time and where everyone had to work remotely, we try to make it sustainable so people are comfortable with, uh, kind of on the both sides, right? Because if you imagine if you are in the office, you're sitting in the room, you have a nice conversation and people on the call may just feel a bit kind of not included into the conversation. So uh, we have kind of just general culture to include those people, to have like... Uh, to have tooling, to have uh, all necessary tooling to run video conferencing, to do this in, like in in VR, and like we use uh, our own devices like Oculus to you can join like the meeting in Oculus and like this, I think this is like really cool and this provides even more ways to be kind of a part of a conversation. So like I, th I think th this is like really great that we not just preserve this, but we kind of we try we try to understand okay how can we bring this to the next level? How can we make both remote people and kind of people in the office and uh, have sort of a hybrid model available? I think we also expanded the number of countries where we kind of allow people to work remotely from, uh, because obviously there is like given 
the scale of the company, there are so many different countries, different legislations, different rules and stuff. So it's kind of a bit complicated to allow everyone around the world, but at least we try to um, kind of provide as much flexibility as it's reasonable. Do you get many, you know, colleagues and employees that put on an Oculus headset for the meetings? I've always wondered about that. Um, yeah, I think like uh, we have uh, some of uh, like some of the people I know they occasionally join meetings like in VR. Like I personally uh, don't do this because uh, yeah, I, I feel like I'm a bit like old school old tech in this in in this way. I don't even have an Oculus device at home. Shame of me. <laughs> Fair enough. What's it actually like working on WhatsApp? You know, day to day. What's the experience like? How does it compare to other companies you've worked at in the past? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's such a broad question. I don't know where to start. Uh, I think, like, uh, generally, uh, it depends. It, well, very much depends on your role and what you are doing. Uh, like, as a software engineer, obviously, we do write code. We do collaborate on, like, on design, on like technical discussion, on uh, like writing some documents to kind of document the design and like do some nice diagrams and yeah, make sure we're kind of all aligned all on the same page. Um, yeah, it's really hard to find something really special about that. Uh, like compared to my previous experiences, um, yeah, like writing code still stays writing documents still stays joining meetings and conversations kind of also the same um yeah i think like we try to use uh uh we try to respect more of um people's focus time this is something that i found really um maybe not unique but uh, something valid here more than in than in the other places like um respecting people's longer focus blocks that kind of let everyone to sit and do some thorough thinking or like churn huge amount of code and um like yield something something really cool that wouldn't be possible in just like in half an hour between two meetings or something um yeah like having uh, having a bit more flexibility i think that's also the thing like if you are comfortable starting your day at 12 p.m well why don't you just do this? Um, of course, respecting like other colleagues. If let's say if the entire team have conver- have conversations in the morning, like you're jumping in, in the afternoon and missing all of that, that wouldn't be very nice of you. But if you find the ways to kind of to to, to, to kind of to uh, to align with this, um, I think like cross border work makes things uh, somewhat more complicated. But again. Um, I mean, just considering like that Meta has offices all around the world, like if you take like Singapore, London and MPK, there will be quite a massive time difference. It will be really hard to make a meeting with folks from all of the three offices, I imagine. Um, But um, yeah, I think the way that the org structure is organized and the way that collaborations are happening, collaboration is happening like, uh, most of our colleagues that they they are either in the like in the European time zones or like in the US, but we try to we kind of always have some overlap where we could have some collaborations and meetings, some like, synchronous conversation or something. 
which is again, I I don't think this is anywhere anywhere unique to like to Meta or to WhatsApp specifically. Okay, so as Facebook created, you know, React is the current version of WhatsApp made using React. Mm. We use React for um, not really WhatsApp app, but on our web help center, we have some bits in React. Uh, so it's kind of WhatsApp, but not the WhatsApp app. <laughs> well, technically, you can load the help center in the web view, so it kind of becomes in the app, which I mean, yeah, we kind of do use React in WhatsApp, but not for the app itself. <laughs> I don't know. It's really complicated. So why, I mean, why do you think that is? Because obviously Facebook has React. React is used by a lot of developers around the world. It's, it's a pretty re- robust framework. It's, they're actively developing it. The community is actively developing it. Why do you think it is? And uh, a follow-up question, what is WhatsApp created in? Or what technologies, what language? For framework, yeah, I think like just uh, again, just like historically, how WhatsApp was created, uh, it was just uh, I think developed around like the same principles that I already mentioned a few times, like um, that, like bringing in the framework like React into the app is um, something that would be a massive change massive shift in terms of like the ways of working for uh, like for developers let's say if we talk about react native like ramping up with like making everyone to ramp up with react native is quite high thing high investment uh, and also kind of reworking the entire product to uh, to stick with a react native is also quite the challenge um, i think like um, also if we uh, talk about uh, our larger user base, like um, having React Native based app uh, distributed all around the world and making sure that it all works on all kinds of devices that we support, including some old versions of Android, some old versions of like uh, of phones that our users have. Uh, would we be able to provide the same quality of um, kind of the same reliability, the same um capabilities in terms of like um like compression the same protocols uh how would we balance this having something in native versus having something in react right so all sorts of uh, there, there there are like so many dimensions that where we need to kind of think thoroughly um i wouldn't say this is impossible but uh this really needs to be uh quite a uh, there should be certain value in this right not just like use the framework that meta uses like elsewhere um i think the second part of your question was what specific technology uh whatsapp is online programming language etc yeah yeah exactly yeah i was just about to answer this i think like uh Probably WhatsApp is the biggest user of Erlang language and the infrastructure built around this, which is still a thing. And we still rely a lot on it. And I guess the core principles, how the language was just designed and the infrastructure uh, around this was designed, I think this is a very nice feed for uh, for WhatsApp. And uh, I don't know, again, there, there must be some really strong reason to step away 
uh, from this onto something else and like rework WhatsApp to use, I don't know, some other language. <laughs> Fair enough. So what is your ideal coding setup? What does it look like in terms of, you know, monitors, vertical monitors, IDEs, text editors, that sort of stuff? Oh, I'm a super super boring person in this uh, regard. So um, I use VS Code for coding. I use like a single monitor that I'm uh, having in front of me right now. That's like a 32 inch bank. Uh, I use uh, Logitech MX case and the same mouse from the same kind of set. Um, just a typical chair. And um, yeah, also use a standing desk. Uh, so I kind of have a separate laptop stamp, a stand nearby where I kind of switch between sitting and standing so I could have a bit of a movement throughout the day. And kind of, uh, I usually join meetings when I'm standing from the laptop and spend most of the time in front of the monitor. But again, it's like super boring. <laughs> Fair enough. And did you go to university? If so, what did you study? Yeah, I uh, I went to university and uh, I got uh, my specialist degree. This is kind of neither bachelor neither or master. It's something in between. Uh, that's uh, kind of uh, was a common thing in this, some Eastern European countries where I'm from. Um, I also got, I went further and I got PhD. It's not really the exact PhD, it's like a PhD equivalent uh, that we had called like candidate of sciences. Um, so I was studying um, kind of what, what we would call computer science uh, nowadays. Yeah, I think that's the closest equivalent. Uh, maybe a bit more into mathematics and algebra and stuff like that. Okay, fair enough. And what would be your biggest regret in your development journey? And follow-up question, what advice would you give to others looking to get into the industry and work for a, you know, a established company like WhatsApp? Because I hear it a lot. I want to work for Google. I want to work for Facebook. I want to work for Disney. Like, what advice would you give? And what's been your biggest regret in your journey so far? Yeah, yeah. Uh... I have hard time regretting. I mean, uh, I'm I'm not usually I'm trying not to regret about things in the past because everything had a reason. This is what kind of I'm believing in uh, that uh, I try to learn from past experiences, either good or bad, and understand how can I kind of become a better person and uh, take lessons pretty much uh, from this. Um, I think. Um, yeah, if like if you asked me what would I change in my past in my previous kind of developer journey, maybe I would uh, say like code more in some periods of my life of my career where like there were moments where I kind of went into this like tech lead journey and almost stopped coding for quite some time, and uh, I it was quite a surprise that I how quickly. Uh, I started to lose like 
kind of the grasp <laughs> in coding. And uh, I still, I, I was still like taking part in code reviews and uh, like in so, like some technical like in system design discussion. But uh, being hands on with the coding, I think this is like this is this is this is quite important. And um, yeah, I think that was uh, that was quite a thing that I would change maybe. Um, in terms of like giving advice to young young people uh, who are just about to start uh, with the industry, uh, if you have a chance, uh, get an internship with uh, any company as early as you can while while you are at uni. This would build you tons of connections that would give you tons of practical knowledge and exposure to how companies work, how work on the like software products or systems, and just generally understand how things get done <laughs> outside of your like ID um, and outside of some pet projects. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, that's something I wish I had in the past, but uh, I didn't have, maybe I didn't, I haven't thought of this much at my days uh, back in uni, but uh, yeah, some, that's something I see uh like folks that uh, folks who join Meta, WhatsApp for internship, they get so much in this like twelve weeks of internship. Let's say it's so intense, but they like they. I think they thrive. They like they get lots of practical knowledge. They get lots of connections. They get lots of excitement about what we can do, where we can go in the future, what are the kind of the technologies being available. And I think the best part that you are not really locked for a long period of time. You can just next year, you can go to another company and just keep changing things. And uh, it's a bit harder to do when you have like established life and you kind of become more like a adult and start to having like a family, some commitments, some obligations where you cannot really just join and work for fun or something. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. So that's all my more specific WhatsApp questions. I've got some fun generic questions that I like to always ask at the end. Would you rather run a 10-person company or a 1,000-person company and why? Hmm. I think I would start with 10-person company and grow to 1,000-person company. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's not really... Uh, I. I, I I think I would I would choose uh, whatever helps me to get to the uh, to the goal. I would consider starting a company if I wanted to do like if I want to kind of achieve certain goal and like in bringing new product to the market, like doing something that I really wanted to have, like making a, making an app that I really wanted to to use for myself. And if this needs just ten person, well, that's cool. Let, let's start with ten person. If this needs to grow or like has a chance to grow. Uh, globally and uh, become like a worldwide thing that is that helps uh, like millions of people around the world. Well, we'll probably need like a bit more than ten person, like maybe a hundred or maybe up to a thousand or maybe even more, right? So I think that's gonna it's not kind of set in stone. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Would you rather have five million? So you're in the UK. So let's go with British pounds. Would you rather have five million pounds up front? or half a million a year for the rest of your life? Hmm. Yeah, I think like I would take something up front and try to grow this uh, into more than this amount of money. But again, it kind of depends on the goal. 
sorry, I try. I feel like I'm trying to evade <laughs> the good answers to questions. Um, but yeah, like I think I think there's still value in like taking something and growing into something, like making it better and uh, yeah, making it a bigger bigger thing. Uh, I think like having something granted till the end of your life is uh, a bit uh, misleading that it makes you feel like way too relaxed that you have some guaranteed income whereas uh, having something for a start and has a like having an opportunity to kind of evolve into something that makes it a bit more of a fun game as for me so what's your favorite board game if you're into board games yeah I'm not much into board games but uh i have some favorites uh i really like uh ticket to ride uh it's um yeah i just generally i I like travel and uh like ticket to ride europe i think yeah that's just like good way to explore geography a little bit understand how different countries could be connected different ways of travel and i think that's also uh every time you play you find some interesting uh kind of makes you kind of think about potentially your next journey or something like this okay i mean i've never heard of that game i've just had a quick google i'm gonna <laughs> check that i'm probably gonna watch some youtube videos on it because i'm always looking for a good new board game the, yeah. not that we've got plenty already but we're looking for another one for the collection yeah check it out yeah so what's your favorite video game again if you're into video games um, I think I'm not playing video games for a couple years by now. Uh, the last one I played was a Pass of Exile, which was kind of a, uh, I don't know if that's the way, the fair way to describe it, uh, kind of a spin-off from Diablo to that kind of preserves a bit of the same theme that kind of you're going like slashing some of the nasty monsters and stuff um, and kind of has a bit of a expanded uh, tree how you can like grow your character and uh, like try out different paths. This is, I guess, this is where the name from. Um, the one that really uh, consumed lots of my time in teenage was World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I spent like hours and hours playing in it every day with friends and uh yes the game grew and new expansions were added this became just worse and worse but until i quit at some point (laughs) (laughs) fair enough not much into gaming these days concentrating on you know work i guess yeah yeah i would like if you ask me what i would try next i think i would pick microsoft Flight simulator um it's like in my bucket list when I I don't know when I retire if it's still going to be a thing. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I mean, it feels like it's been going on forever. The flight simulator game, so I don't think they're going away uh, anytime soon. And I love that you can get the Microsoft Game Pass and you can get these great games. You know, you get Halo, you get you know Flight Simulator, you got Atomic Heart now, and you get so many great titles mm. on there. Forza just for free, so. It, you don't even have to invest that much into the software side. You can just get the game pass and yeah. you, you get a lot of value, which is good for people that on the hardcore games or not the hardcore anymore. They're going to jump into it now and again, and they don't want to be spending, you know, 50, 60, 70, maybe even a hundred dollars or like 60, 70 quid 
every single time just to try a game out and they might not like it with the game pass you gain so many great games you, you gain stalker when stalker 2 when that comes out and so many other great titles yeah sounds cool final question or a question that i always love asking everyone does money buy you happiness and why and on top of that what does a good life mean to you yeah that's a that's a great one <laughs> to have in the end um yeah i think like the first part does money buy you happiness um i like i personally treat money more like a resource that you sometimes need more often like sometimes you need less of it you're it it gives you a certain level of happiness uh, until it stops being doing so <laughs> i don't know like uh, when you have uh, like the way i kind of um kind of think of this uh, when you don't have money and you just like you have some basic necessities that you have to cover this is why you're looking very much for this you, uh, you cover this you cover that once you're kind of working all the way up uh, this just becomes no longer um kind of no longer essential but this becomes more like a resource to like for joy to like get you something more something maybe there's something that you wanted something that you just um yeah something that you always wanted but couldn't get and once you get to this uh maybe this doesn't give you much that you because situation changed something you weren't like uh, ages before no longer interesting interesting you now so doesn't really make you happy at this point maybe makes but just a little bit and maybe not compared to the uh resources not compared to the investment that you put in to get this money so it's not always the case um uh, what was the second part what does a good life mean to you oh wow <laughs> um yeah like um i struggle to understand what good means but i guess uh just generally um like whatever you think happy or whatever makes you happy whatever makes you kind of um satisfied of things that you are doing like achieving goals just um yeah because it's really hard right like everyone like everyone has their own or in tears, their own goals, their own dreams. And uh, I think for me, that's just making sure that things that I want, that I want to happen, that I make, can make them happen. So it's something that I started a long time ago that I can kind of deliver, that I get to this, uh, that I can make happen, that I like the long, like I'm kind of progressing on my longer pass on my longer term goals and kind of towards kind of hitting the walls yeah i think fair enough so that's all you know the questions that i have for the podcast today i just want to thank you for taking the time vlad for coming onto the podcast you know i know i've learned a lot about you know how what that works you know you know, its stance on stuff and, you know, the technologies that it, you know, uses. I didn't know it uses Erlang, even though, you know, it's something I probably could Google, but it's, it wasn't something that, you know, comes to mind. It's not a language that I would immediately think a leading 
messaging application with you know billions of users uses but you know it's obviously nice to learn about that so thank you for coming on and everyone that is listening check out whatsapp i'm sure you have already used it and you can see you know vlad's work um and i'll see you in the next episode of fire dev bye bye right thank you